Welcome back to another episode of Time Out with the Sports Doctor, where life, sports, and medicine intersect. I'm your host, Dr. Derek Burgess. The three pillars of personal wellness, community impact, and career development. So personal wellness, I'm telling parents, we're going to take care of your son while he's here. Community impact, you're going to take care of the community while you're here. And career development, we're going to take care of you once your career is done. So I feel like in a student-athlete life scale, that covers three things that they will experience in the college experience, themselves, the community, and their career afterwards. All right. Welcome back to another episode of Time Out with the Sports Doctor podcast. And we have another special guest here for you today, um, Edward Jones II. He is an author. He is a blogger. Um, he is a podcast host as well. Um, and he has a program, a consulting program that really is designed to help athletes reach their full potential beyond the field. And um, like I mentioned, he is the creator of Beyond the Field, and that's the name of his book as well. So really glad to have you on the podcast tonight and welcome. Thank you so much, Doc. Thank you for having me here. I wish you could have worked on my meniscus tear back in back 2013, <laughs> but I appreciate it. Totally understood, man. I always <laughs> like to talk orthopedics. So yeah, we yeah. can definitely touch, touch on your, um, your prior injury. So mm-hmm. let's just start off with, you know, I just wanted to give a little blurb of who you are, but tell us who you are as a person and kind of your background uh, from a coaching and an athletic standpoint. Yeah, so I'm from Houston, Texas, right outside a city called Missouri City. Most people, if you're familiar with Houston, it's called Mo City, Mo City, Texas. Uh, I played, I was about, actually, I love basketball growing up. One of my favorite podcasts is The Knuckleheads uh, with Q Rich and, and Darius Miles because I just, I was a basketball person, but I got bigger than a lot of people and I figured, I found out you couldn't really touch people in basketball. Um, and so that was, uh, so I went to football, uh, played football all the way through high school, had opportunity to play at smaller schools, but I, I really wanted to work in sports. I knew I would, first of all, I knew I wasn't gonna make it to the NFL and I wanted to work in sports. And so the University of Houston had a, a sports management program. I was like, you know what, let me go there. Let me try and walk on. Did the tryout, didn't work out. Uh, it was probably, honestly, as much as I get frustrated, it's probably one of the best things that happened to me. Uh, worked in sports marketing department for three years, taught and coached for six years, and then had my first opportunity to be a director of player development, which I'm most familiar with and most passionate about in 2016 at the at my alma mater, the University of Houston. I didn't know what it was. I was like, here we go. I'm going to college ranks. I'll be an assistant coach in five years. I'll be a head coach in 15. So I had a whole plan. And then we just had this alumni event where this player from the 90s, big time player from the 90s, was just, man, he was homeless over, it was bad. And I just, it just for two weeks, my mind was like, if we have his records and his shoes and jerseys and trophies in our you know facility, and he's like this, can he come back and get help from us? And so I was like, look, I, I hung up the proverbial whistle and said, here we go. I'm going full in on player development and helping players. And so I didn't know what I was doing. Like I said, it started off with, hey, let's get in the community. And then it started off with, hey, let's get them summer jobs. And I was like, well, if they got to get summer jobs, they probably got to get jobs when they're done. And then, you know, guys start coming to me, sharing stuff with me. So that's where a personal wellness piece came from. So I created the Beyond the Field, as you can kind of see back here, the cover of my book. Uh, I have a marketing um, background, excuse me, marketing under minor, excuse me, that's what, I've been so out of college so long, sorry. I have a marketing minor, everybody ain't a doctor like you. Uh, doc. Oh man. I have, a, <laughs> I have a marketing minor and uh, I didn't want to just be like the, hey, here's our player development guy. You know, I was mm-hmm. like, let me get something catchy so parents and players can understand what my role is because player development when I was hired wasn't really, you know, I did a stats, I had blogs, I have a podcast about it. It was like, uh, I don't know, maybe 50, 60 of us. It's like 190 now. 
Um, and so people didn't know parents like what's player development coaches was like what's player development that I work with so I was like man I gotta get something catchy and so I had an opportunity in the parking lot me and uh, my guy Adam Cordaggi came up with it he's like I was like you know man I'm trying to do something beyond the field and he was like that's it and I was like oh snap yeah beyond the field right <laughs> and so that's something to just kind of tell parents hey Ed Jones we have the beyond the field program and you know at that time I didn't think none of it I didn't think it would be what it is now you know with I just wanted to just show players that we were going to, you know, the three pillars are personal wellness, community impact, and career development. So personal wellness, I'm telling the parents, we're going to take care of your son while he's here. Community impact, you're going to take care of the community while you're here. And career development, we're going to take care of you once your career is done. So I feel like in a student athlete, you know, life scale, that covers three things that they will experience in the college experience, themselves, the community, and their career afterwards. Uh, there's a lot of stuff that fall under those umbrella under those umbrellas, but that's where we stuck. And so I, 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 I just was like, all right, let's catch you. Let's keep it there. Because really what had me come up with all that is I was going to these companies to get internships and, you know, shadow externships and they're having these pamphlets. And here I am with like a sheet of paper, like, Hey, I'm the director of player development. So I mm-hmm. like sat down all day to make sure I could give them something in exchange. Uh, and so did that for, you know, I've been doing that for the last six years and now it's gone into, like you said, uh, a book, a podcast, a blog. I'm helping people hire other directors of player development. I'm helping player, player development directors actually do it. So I'm thankful and I'm excited to see where this will go. Sure. So you mentioned that you had a plan to be a coach for your full career. You know, you were going to go from mm-hmm. assistant to whatever, all the way up to head coaching, but you kind of got derailed for the better. Now you're doing what you're doing now. Um, and you mentioned your three pillars of taking care of the athlete as a student, as a student athlete, and for the community, and then for their career. And when I sit down, I interact with athletes a lot, pretty much daily in my orthopedic practice. And I always like to see, you know, kind of what's your dreams, what's your plans. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, especially now in this current climate, especially with college sports, it's not likely that you're going to go to the school that you signed with initially or get your scholarship and have that same coaching staff be with you or intact uh, for the whole four years or however long you're in college. Uh, so it's very important to look at all these other programs to see what is the university, what can they offer me other than allow me to play on their football team and allow me to wear their jersey. Um, so that's something I really want to talk to you about because mm-hmm. as you mentioned, it's a growing field that you're in now, but probably when people hear player development, initially they're thinking about how do you develop a player on the, on the field, not how do right. you develop them for their life after football or after basketball or whatever their sport may be. Right. So like, I'll start off by giving a definition for you, you yourself and your followers, you know, sure, player absolutely. development player development, the way I define it, because you can go so many places with this. This is how I define it. It's the enhancement of the student athlete and their experience through holistic and intentional development. So we're enhanced. So this is what I tell, you know, this is what I tell players. This is what I tell recruits. I say, you guys go down there, you lift weights, boom, you're lifting, you're doing all this, right? I said, after the lift, you're either going to take a, 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 you're going to eat a bar or you're going to take a, you know, protein drink or whatever. Why? I said, well, what does that do? Well, it enhances the workout. I said, mm-hmm. okay, well, picture player development as a protein shake. You're going to have this experience in college athletics because you know where I've been and really honestly anywhere you get, you know, if, if you're on scholarship and there's some kids that walk on, but you, you're going to get a great education, 
you get, if you do it right, you get an alumni network that's unreal, no matter where you go. I know they all kind of, hey, this is our alumni work, but if you do it right, you're good. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you know, the coaches I've worked with are just, I mean, leaders in their field, not even just coaches. We're talking about team doctors like yourself, you know, th- you know, team doctors. Um, you know, I, I've been around, you know, uh, you know, mental health professionals that come in, like you just, you're surrounded around so much. And I just want to be an enhancement to that experience. I don't want you to go through here and just play football. Let's talk about things. And so I tell people, hey, I'm your protein drink of your experience. Of course, I'm chocolate. So it'd be a chocolate uh, <laughs> protein drink. But that's how I tell them. I'm like, hey, this is I'm, I'm just I'm a protein drink. I'm an enhancement to your experience. I like that. And at what point um, do you get involved? Are you like in orientation? Are you in yeah. the preseason meetings starting from mm-hmm. freshman year and they introduce mm-hmm. you kind of like a guidance counselor, maybe, so to speak? Yeah. So it's I've been called guidance counselor unk one i was talking to one um recruit his dad was like oh you you like the unk you like the unk that? i was like yeah that's 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 exactly who that, i am that's me yeah. so yeah in a typical year let's say let's start from january let's start the calendar calendar year so in january we're gonna have some type of newcomer orientation so that could be the the, the early graduates the okay. transfers um the junior college players whoever maybe even some if you had a tryout and you had walk-ons you told them hey you're gonna come in in a new semester so I'm there. So like at, at Kansas, I actually put that together. So I was like, hey, we need to talk to, you know, the police department. We need to talk about, uh, you know, sex ed. We need to talk about um, c- compliance. We need to talk about financial aid. We need to talk. So I'm getting all these people together and I'm the liaison to those people. Of course, we've got academics, you know, all this, all these different things. And so that's the first thing. And I'm, I'm the one that the fir- first two weeks, my phone is on call. Hey, coach. How do I get into the gate? Remember, punch pound, blank, 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 and then <laughs> right, start, right, right. you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so it's like, you know, some some of the guys, you know, I've worked with some coaches like, man, these kids should know. Actually, they shouldn't know. You know, it's yeah. their first time. And now two months in, yeah, all right, bro, you need to know it. So I'm there for that transition. And I like to be around because it's new to them, like, mm-hmm. especially a high schooler. So they come from high school where they're, you know, the man, and they get thrown into winter conditioning. And I, I'm pretty sure you're familiar with winter conditioning. It's literally just we're weights and we're running six o'clock this and we're just trying to get better. You're coming off mm-hmm. a bowl game or, or you're not coming off a bowl game. Right. And you're just conditioning, you're conditioning, you're, you're getting everything set for their body. So they're kind of like, man, like and I've, I've been fortunate to work with strength coaches who have ne- they will never put more weight. They're not going to come in, you know, like the movies where, hey, right. bench 600 pounds like yeah. But even in finding where their strength is, it's just different than high school. It's more mm-hmm. workouts. It's more, you know, whatever. We're getting them comfortable, getting them stronger. And, and you know, the big thing is, as you know, we talked about this in, in before you press record. Yeah. Doc, like you already know, Doc, them cats don't know about taking care of their body. <laughs> like, hey, man, you need to go into the, you, you, before you lift, you cannot right. come in here, eat a bag of chips in college right. Right. and walk into that weight room. Right. And you see that dude right there who's about to get drafted? <laughs> he spends an hour in here before he lifts. Okay, you want to know why he played 40, why he started 46 games, played 53, it ain't been hurt? He mm-hmm. spends an hour. You know, I work for Tom Herman. He would always tell our, our receivers, not DBs. He said, if you're not in there an hour before and after practice, what are you doing? Your legs are your money makers. Mm-hmm. And so we had a guy, he's still, he's still in the league. Brandon Wilson plays for the Bengals. I've never seen someone attack the training room like Brandon Wilson. And Brandon Wilson is still in the league. You know, mm-hmm. so, uh, but anyway, uh, sorry. No, 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 no. That's great because I want to actually segue to kind of mindset. Um, you know, we got kids coming in at 18 yeah. and then they're playing with kids that are 22, 23 right. that are pretty much one step in the NFL and they're just waiting out their time to get there. Um, yeah. 
how do you take that 18 year old kid and mm -hmm. help him become a, a 22 year old man as a player? Yeah. So what I tell parents is I said, I want to take your 18 year old son and make sure that you don't come back and get an 18 year old, 22 year old. Um, <laughs> And so like <laughs> the, the first thing we do is we call it, it, it started when I was at Houston, um, Tom Herman did, I believe they did it at Ohio State, it's called the mm -hmm. Big Brother Program. So, okay, so if we go back to that calendar in January, we're doing a newcomer orientation, but I'm also getting them with somebody in the Big Brother Program. So like, for mm -hmm. instance, okay, this linebacker that, that, you know, just got here, okay, we're going to put you with, you know, at Baylor was Terrell Bernard who got drafted by the Buffalo Bills, we're going to put you with Terrell, you know, Terrell's a pro, there's a reason he got drafted, there's a reason why he's going to play in the league for 12 years. And so they help them. And what I'm telling those older guys is, hey, make sure he knows where to go. Make sure he knows because it's, it's make sure he understands the expectation. Now, the way they communicated with them, right? It's whatever that is, is yeah, yeah. that's that's yeah. not, you know. And so I check in on them. And that's how, you know, you kind of find out if the 18 year old is doing it. And there are some that, that get it. And there's some that like, you know, like I remember one player who, once again, another player who got drafted by the New England Patriots, Tyquan Thornton, and Bill Belichick traded up to get him. So that tells you who he is as a player and a person. Right. We had a player, a young guy, and I said, how's he doing? He said, coach, this guy just, he wants to be perfect. He won't let nobody coach him. And mm -hmm. so it's like, and they, now once again, I say, okay, well, are you, he's like, yeah, I'm on him, but he won't like, he got to understand. So now I get a chance to bring that, hey, because I'm doing checks. So what I did is I do a goal setting thing too. So after they get about a month in, mm -hmm. I have goal setting. We do three months, one year, three years, a lifetime. And so I have those dates actually, and I go back and meet with them on those dates. Uh, so I say, hey man, like, you know, what's going on? What's, what's this perfection deal that I'm, I'm hearing and I'm seeing? So I don't tell them I'm hearing. I'm saying, every time I, I, I see that you're getting frustrated, I see your coach is getting frustrated with you. What is it? Are you listening? Oh, coach, I'm actually not listening. I'm trying to do too much. I said, look, here's the deal. You knew the situation when you come here. You know that guy's going to the NFL. We didn't, we didn't recruit you to come play immediately. You know, right. I know you thought you were going to play, but you're not. But you get to learn from an NFL player, you know? So just take your time, whatever it may be. And so that's one way we do it. Because once they go from, once we go from winter conditioning, we get to March, where you start to do team activities. The NTA allows you to start doing team activities. So that's walkthroughs. That's the, you know, you get in a team, you're at your position, you're doing individual drills. And then, of course, we're going to spring football, which is like, you know, now, now that, and a guy that, that guy that's going to the NFL is going to, he has opportunity to hit you now, you know, <laughs> um, but then you also see some of the freshmen in spring, a coach is going to give more opportunity for them to get a look because it's, we're not playing a game, you right. know, and that guy that is in the NFL, we, we already know he can play mm -hmm. like this. You want to keep him healthy. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. When, when yeah. we were at Houston, uh, major Apple, I said is about Ed Oliver, who was the, who was drafted in the first round. I think it was the 10th. 10th pick, somewhere between 10 and 13 he in our first staff meeting he's like i am not going to be the coach ed oliver was on the cover of sports illustrated he said i'm not going to be the coach mm -hmm. to get the number one player in the country heard in spring ball you know right, it's like right, right, yeah so you get a chance so now you get a chance to see this 18 year old and honestly i've had 16 year olds it's crazy 16 17 year old how young they are and you get to see them go through this phase and now they're playing now they're doing what they love because all this stuff is tough they never mm -hmm. like they've never been they get thrown into classes they got tutoring. Their schedule is like breakfast. No, their schedule is weights, breakfast, class, film, walkthrough, uh, spring ball, uh, at, you know, tutoring, dinner, tutoring, home. And so like they've never been through that. And so you right. finally get to see them get to spring where they actually get to play. That's where they came. Like you kind of get to see them open up. And the best thing about it is like you get to see those guys um, 
become a part of the team. They get, they can gain the respect of the older guys, you know, sure. and that helps them as they go into the fall. Cause in the summer we have summer programs. So that's where the other freshmen come. But in the summer is when I ask my go time, that's my Super Bowl because I got time. All they're doing is going to class and lifting weights. Mm-hmm. So I got time to put in programs. All right. We're going to talk about financial education. We're going to talk about, you know, relationships. We're going to talk about, you know, having our professional documentation or necessities, right? Resumes, LinkedIn. We're going to bring in alumni to talk about this, this career, whatever it may be. Um, and then you get into the fall and this spring ball, which is a huge time where I don't really do any program. You just want to be around because I, I you could, I mean, I've been, play, I've been at places where I literally walked through a line and I told somebody, I said, he's going to quit tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Just because you know, by the end, the guy came off, coach, I don't want to play anymore. So I was like, how do you know that? I was like, dude, you just watching, you, you know, you're eating body language. Yeah. yeah. Body language. Sorry. I hit this mic, a uh, body language. You're talking to them and they, you just, you, you know how it is. You just pick mm-hmm. up. And so, and then once you get to the season, it's just, it's clockwork. It's, Monday this, Tuesday this, whatever it may be. Um, and so that that's kind of what it looks like throughout the whole year. What I tell, you know, when you're talking about an 18-year-old, what I tell people this all the time, if I, you know, let's say I have a son and he's wants to graduate early, I tell the guys this, if you have an opportunity to win a state championship in some sport in high school, then then, then graduate, you know, go back to semester, because those are the memories we can't take away. Right. If you can win state in baseball, basketball, track and field, and I know there's other sports in other states. Uh, wrestling, I think, is another one. Then, then do it. But if you if you're not gonna if all you play is football, get on campus because all you do is get in trouble where you are. You know, you get a, you get a leg up. You might not play. And honestly, I've ne- the stats are a lot that I've seen where I've been. The guys who come in early don't play. You know, they don't play that year, but they get a le- it helps them later on their their sophomore year. They've got an extra step on other people. So. Right. Just to just to being a college yeah, student. Absolutely. Being a student athlete. Absolutely. You can see it like the the freshmen that come in on in January be looking laughing at the freshman August, like, oh right. yeah, you <laughs> in school now. Like, yeah, you know, like, yeah, like yeah. they're just right, older right. than they are, you know. Sure, so. sure. Yeah. Well, yeah. So how many of you are there now? How many programs or which programs? Is this a power five type mm-hmm. position mm-hmm. or are you seeing this across the board? So it's interesting you say that. Uh, when I first started, it was Power Five. The the conference that has that, because player development looks different. Some mm-hmm. some like in the SEC, it's gonna that person's gonna be a coach, and mm-hmm. not not at every place, but most likely that person's gonna be a coach. You know, uh, the conference that did it the best when I first started was the Big Ten had a lot of like they were really doing it the because it it started really. Uh, I think Clemson was one of the first people to do it on the college level with, they have an incredible program, man. You could go look, they, it's called the Paul journey, man. They got like six people and they do an mm-hmm. incredible job. Like, you know, every coach is like, Hey, we want you to be like the Paul journey. You have to be like, Hey, you know, they got six people, right? Right. Um, <laughs> and we, and we, need the, we need the money. Yeah. You need the resources. Yeah. And so like, I, I kept like, you know, for a bit, I was like, I'm gonna get on a level. And then one day I had a time when I was I'm like, man, I ain't got nobody to help me. It's me. Like, <laughs> I, let me, that's, I'm gonna leave that alone. Yeah. Uh, but you know, it started Power Five. You know, I was fortunate because uh, the coach who, um, so how do I say? It? Let me say it this way. So what I found out is this: when I went to Kansas, as as schools want to move in other conferences, they look in, at other conferences and see what they're doing. So the University of Houston, which is now moving into the Big Twelve, has always wanted to move in the Big Twelve. Mm-hmm. And so you say, like, you have a head coach like Tom Herman who came from Ohio State. And he has all these different support staff positions. Mm-hmm. And he says, like, I know we can't get as many as Ohio State, but I want these positions. And so I've been a benefactor of that. You know, uh, when I got to Kansas, this is the first time I ever saw it because at Kansas, 
we get in there and they're talking about the commitment they make to football. And I'm kind of like, okay, what is this? What are they talking about? And our AD puts up all the support staff positions in the big 12. We were last. And literally he hired like 14 people to get us in the middle of the pack, Mm -hmm. you know? And so that's, what's been happening across. Now, a lot of people are doing it because like, once again, you're looking, what coaches look at is I get a job. I want staff, you know, I want a staff pool. And so the benefit is happening, even though some coaches still do not understand what player development is, is, the benefit is that they just see it as staff. It's the competitive nature of being a coach that's helping this, this position. Okay. You know, for instance, you know, the situation I was in, we talked about, you know, mm-hmm. I'm not in anymore. Head coach I work for leaves LSU, goes to Baylor and creates this assistant AD position for player development that wasn't there and gives all these resources to it, you know, and who knows why, you know, maybe you saw somebody else do it in another conference. It's just things like that because right. I've heard it, you know, I've seen it in my, you know, in my experience, which I had the most recent one and, and ones that I've heard from other people is like, you know, some coaches don't know what they want in that role. Like literally I got off the phone trying to consult another school and the coach is like, Hey, just, I want them to be, you know, good off the field. That's like the broadest statement right. you can give a person. Like, yeah, what yeah. does that mean? You know, right. that could be academics. That could be socially. That Sounds be, like they mean to keep them out of trouble. Yeah. Like, <laughs> keep it, off the that, news. yeah. Yeah, that, I've been a part of that. Like, yeah. I, I tell people all the time, do not be the class checker. Um, but um, so it's grown and it's at, it's at the um, group of five level. So mm-hmm. the only conference that lacks it is the MAC. So the Mid-American Conference doesn't, they have two. And so I'm reaching out to them and their ADs to do consulting because I'm like, look, if you don't have the resources to pay for a person, I got the program for you and you can give it to a, another staffer. Um, yeah, let's yeah, talk about that. So yeah. Now that you've been in it now for six years, you have a book, you have right. consulting programs. So are you now going to university saying, this is a package, you don't have somebody on campus, I can do this virtually? Yeah, so what I've done, and I'm still learning, this is all new to me. Uh, I reached out, I sent an email. So I, I, of course I have all these stats. I got this whole mm-hmm. list of who has directors of player development. Mm-hmm. And so I sent it straight to the people who don't. I sent it to the, uh, the director of football operations, you know, and the AD, you know, if I get the, if the head coach puts, if he dares puts his email on the staff directory, I'm sending it to him too. Mm-hmm. Um, because um, they, they, I know they're talking about it. I know they're talking about it. And so like the subject line is player development resources for you. You know, maybe I should say player development, you know, you want it. I got it, you know? Right. <laughs> uh, and so that's what I'm doing. Like, for instance, I got a lot of people reaching out to me. Like it's a lot of people that's new in this role. Thank, I am so glad. Thank God that they shout out to Jonathan Jones and helping me get the podcast done because podcast what's mentor. Is, yep. podcast mentor that's my guy what's happening is people are typing in player development and i did a podcast for the american football coaches association and so people listen to that but then they type in my name and find out i have a whole podcast dedicated Curriculum. to player development yeah right and so i've had three people reach out to me out of the blue like hey man i need help and so but the hardest part about that is people they have their plan. And what I have to do is like, because, and it's not the people I've been talking to. Let me start off with that. Cause they're listening. I don't mm-hmm. want them to feel like this is it. Yeah. What I found out in my career is that if you have a, somebody asks me, Hey man, because you have a plan and you have a program, you have a book, you have all this. Do you think people are intimidated by you? And a year ago, I would have said, no, now I'm in a position I am in right now. Yes. Mm-hmm. And it's frustrating because what I try and tell people is like, hey, this is what I did. This worked for me. Right. I can give you a structure. What do you want to do? And I will help you. I will help guide you. You know, it's like I tell people all the time. I was talking to somebody today about it. They asked me what my pitch is. And I was like, it's like I'm a personal trainer. Like 
I have my own workout. Now, you know, of course, everybody would have a personal trainer that would hopefully right. be more fit than they are. So don't mm -hmm. come and get me. But <laughs> that person has their own regimen of how they do things to get where they are. But they mm -hmm. have a plan and they're skilled and they have the, the tools and necessities to help you get where you want to get. Sure. And so sure. that's where I'm at. And so I've uh, been reaching out to them. I've been sending stuff to ADs, D2. Uh, you know, I'm going to start sending stuff to high school programs because what's starting to happen it's like when I was a high school coach, I started doing recruiting. So I was our recruiting coordinator. And that role had grew because it grew on the college level. Mm -hmm. So what you're starting to see at high school is there's people like I'll see if you type in director of player development on uh, Twitter, you just go through like there's high school coaches that are the director of player development at the high school. Mm -hmm. And so you have that. And, you know, you just want to tell people like I want to help because it's so like this. This is what I want to tell people. You know, if I had like a, a one minute spill on helping people. I created all of this six years ago. Do not go through what I went through. There's a lot of pitfalls. Let me help you start here rather than you taking two to three years to get here. It took me two to three years to figure it out. Let me help you get there right now. Right. You it's know? coaching, right? So coaching yeah, is all about you learn from my mistakes so you don't have correct. to from yourself. And I'll Absolutely. give you some tips and tricks to put you ahead of where you would be without you know help. So Absolutely. It's like Mario Kart. It's like Mario Kart, right? Okay. If I'm riding on Mario Kart and I don't know what that little, those arrows that help you go, you know, mm -hmm, right. and I'm telling people like, Hey, you might want to take that because I had to go this road the whole way. This actually right. helps you get there faster, you know, yep. because you can, you can drown in player development because it could be a catch-all because like, let's say this is what I tell people all the time. So it's the one position where you can't quantify what, what is, uh, you can't quantify what's qualitative. So mm -hmm. most of the work is qualitative. It's like, you know, I see him. He is more mature than when he walked in here. Sure. But I can't put a number to that, right? Right. His and mama so, can see it, but his coach might not be. Correct. Correct. <laughs> his mama knows he's a different person. She sent yeah. me a, a, a four-page email about right. him changing, right? Yeah. yeah. But this is what I always tell. The, the position coach can bring stats. The academic, you know, counselor, whatever, can bring a, a new GPA. The strength mm -hmm. coach can bring new weights. We can go to sports med. Our trainer can say, hey, his injuries went down. He spent more time, whatever we say. You know, our dietitian can say he gained this much weight. He lost this much weight. You know, even in some cases, you could even, you know, possibly a mental health professional could give a, a number on something. Mm -hmm. And then it's like, or, or even like a recruiting department, they can go to head coach and say, hey, we have the number one recruiting class right. conference. Mm -hmm. And it's like, hey, all right, all right, Ed, tell us what you did. Hey, coach, that freshman <laughs> class is not where they were when they started, you know? Right, so. Right. Like when you tell people, I used to tell people all the time, when I tell people I'm busy in player development, they're like, oh, you busy just talking to players? Like, it's like, all right, like, you know? And so mm -hmm. uh, I just want to help people because you get, you get thrown, it's a catch-all. People are like, hey, you can do this. Hey, you can do this. You got time. You got time. So I'm trying to help people like deal with all that stuff. You know, I got documents from the six years. I got all this stuff, man. Mm -hmm. I can just help people with. So how prevalent is this in HBCU sports up to this point? It's starting to grow. It's starting to grow. Um, and that's the one, that's the one place I really hope I can get the consulting services going because HBCUs, like from what I, I and I, I went to a PWI and, but I have love for HBCUs. Texas Southern is right across the street from U of mm -hmm. H. You literally can hit it with a baseball from this football stadium. Um, and um, I just love the people there. And it's, it, it would be the best there because from what I've heard from people who go to HBCUs, there's already a community. Like you mm -hmm. feel a community, you feel people care about you. So this would just be an additive, you know? Um, 
that's the place where I really like at the end of the day, if I didn't get to consult with anybody and I got to go to the HBCUs, be it the SWAG, MEAC, the D2 schools all across the country, and I got to help some kind of way, I'm good, you know? That's excellent. That's excellent. Hey, the avenues are open and it's it's definitely time. It's high time for it. Yes, yes, absolutely. All right. So let's just say, so I have kids come through my office all the time. Many times it's, you know, high school athletes. So it's a different conversation when you're talking to a high school athlete, or especially if you're talking to like a middle school athlete, because what do you want to be when you grow up? And I can tell you nine times out of 10, it's going to be, I want to be a professional athlete. All right. So I try to have this conversation to see, you know, where's your mind? Are you thinking outside of sports or are you solely focused on sports? And, you know, I don't go and say, throw any stats at them and say, hey, you know, it's one in a million chance or there's a two or 3% chance you're going to make it to the NFL. I take the approach of saying, okay, let's just fast forward. You made it to the NFL and let's say you had an average career. You didn't have a two or three year career. Um, Let's say, well, that's average, but let's say you had a long career. You stayed in the NFL for 10 years and you're a, a hall of famer. Now you are 32, 33 years old. What's your plan for the rest of your life? So that's the approach I like to talk to them. How do you talk to athletes about, you know, realistically your goals and especially once you're in college and probably after freshman, sophomore year, you kind of know if it's going to pan out or not, but how do you talk to athletes about that? No. So you bring up a good point. Like one thing, the first thing I tell our college athletes is, you know, because even when I was in school, you got a scholarship, you saw, like, oh man, you one step closer to the NFL. This is what I tell our athletes. You're one step away from high school football. That's it. You're not one step closer to the NFL. You're one step away from high school football. You're one step away from Ed Jones, who didn't mm-hmm. play in college. That's it. You're not one step closer to Warren Sapp. You're one step away from me. Right. Um, you know, and I use Warren Sapp. That was the time I was coming up. Uh, yeah, and so for me, it's like I bring recruiting in. I love the spill that you said. I bring recruiting in. I say, how old are you right now? You know, I'm 17 years old. Okay, so how old would you be when you, when you uh, come in here? Uh, you know, I'll be 18. You know, coach, I might be here. Because they say now I might be here for three to five years. Okay. All right, let's say you have a great career. You're here three years. You're going to graduate, what, at 21? All right, cool. Okay, like you said, all right, you go play football. You're 31 years old, all right? So let's say the life expectancy in the, in America is 85, okay? You got 54 years. Tell me which, which number is longer, 31 or 54? Uh, 54, okay, all right, so cool. You play for, to 31, you play 10 years, you know, whatever. Even if you take when you started playing when you were young. Let's say you start playing at five and you finish at 31, all right? That's... Oh my, 26 years. Okay. You still, no matter what it is, mm-hmm. most of your life is ahead of mm-hmm. ahead of you. So what you going to do with that? Well, you know, I'm going to use that money that, okay. So where did you learn to use that money? Uh, you know, I just, all right, cool. So you, what you're telling me, so how, how would you use that money? Because you know, you would work for a billionaire, right? Yeah. Yeah. So how, how would you connect with a billionaire? You would, if a billionaire was in your neighborhood, would you, would you go spend time to talk to him and learn about how he became a billionaire? Yeah. 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 So do you feel like you would do that with an owner? Uh, you know, I, I don't know if I want to go up there. And it's just <laughs> like, you, you get them to think, right? right? It's like, sure. all right, so you see your mama right here, right? You want to take care of your mom. You get in our house is nice. I, I would do the same, you know? Mm-hmm. But how are you going to take care of your mom? Your, your mama going to have a 10 year taken care of? You know, what if your mama lived to steal, honey? You got 54 years. She got a whole nother 26 on, you know, or whatever. My math probably, mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah. Uh, and so I talked to them about that. And I say, you know, like, hey, did you, now the NFL changed it. But previously, before the CBA came out, you only got paid during the season. So I said, what happens if you don't make it to the playoffs? What are you going to do that whole time to summer come? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I'm going to live off them checks. So how do you save? How do you save right now? Uh, you know, now you don't have a plan, you know? And I tell him one of the best things that probably happened to me at Kansas was one of our players that went to the NFL, he had a freak hand injury. 
a freak hand injury. Big tight end, got drafted three years in, freak hand injury, couldn't catch the ball, couldn't do, couldn't, none of that. And so, you know, because all you hear about is knees, right. uh, concussions, mm-hmm. but it's a lot of other stuff, man. It's people that just have, like, you know, Doc, like, right. it's probably little stuff you see. Toe things, injuries, like, toe injuries toe in injury. careers. Her. Turf toe is yeah. unreal. I had it like I had it yeah. when I was in high school. It's bad. I was listening to Fred Taylor talk about it. Fred Taylor on the uh, pivot was talking about he his hamstring literally ripped off the bone and turf toe was worse for him right. than a hamstring ripping off the bone. And so it's like, well, what, what if that happened? What's your plan? You know? And then I always tell him like, do you really want to like just be football? Like, do you understand you're a professional athlete? Right. And so I talked to them about that. You're not playing your professional athlete. So the profession is you got to find somebody that can take care of your body. You got to find a new dietitian. You got to find, how are you building these relationships? You just go whoever, Hey, yeah. So-and-so said they can do this. And then number one thing I always ask them, I get them away from their degrees. I said, if you had, if you let's take, take football out of it. Right. If you can meet with three people in any field, what would it be? Well, you know, I would, I would like to meet an entrepreneur. You know, I always looked at them bankers, like the people in the back that, that ain't the tellers, like whatever it may be, you know, I, I think the banking, and coach, honestly, you know, like I had one player, coach, I want to be a chef. All right, cool. Let's work on that. Right. Because I'm not knocking your dream. I'm not mm-hmm. knocking your dream. But the present, but the, but you, and I asked him, what do you think you have a higher percentage of doing? Those three you listed are making it to the NFL. Uh, probably those three I listed. Now, and I say, hey, look, I'm not taking your dream away. Right. I want you to make it to the NFL. But even if you make it to the NFL, let's do that stuff while you're there. You're not playing a whole year. You're not doing sure. it. You're not doing it. You, you're probably not going, ain't nobody having, I don't think anybody gonna have a dynasty like the Patriots again. I just don't see that happen. You know, maybe, maybe not, you know? Um, so even if you do that, okay, you go to, you go to playoff Super Bowl or you play in the AFC championship every year you play in January or February for 10 years of your life. Awesome. Okay. Seasonal comeback around to September. What are you doing? Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's trying to get them to see like, what can you add value? Like if I'm making this much money, I want to make that money, make money. I want to, I want to make sure this money can take care of me. And even when I'm done playing, I want to continue to make money based off the money I was making because of what I was doing at this point. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of how I go about it. Like, I'm not going to shoot dreams down. Right. Because like I said in the podcast, my most recent podcast, about 20% of the room believes that they can make it to the NFL. There's a lot of people that, uh, it's about 20% that are like, yeah, I, I'm a play. Because if you think about it, a room, okay, you got 120 people on the team, 11 start, that's 20, that's about 20%. You know, 11 right. start on offense, 11 start on defense. That's about 20% of your room. So, yeah. And if you're not starting, you're probably not going to make it to the NFL, right? You're not making it. You're not yeah. making it. I tell people all the time if you ain't made all conference nothing, you ain't making it. Yeah. Unless you are just a freak. And that freaks normally make all conference. Right. Freaks normally make plays in college. Maybe not the NFL, but they make plays in college. Yeah. So, it's kind of talking about career development and you know, money and different things like that. Let's transition to name, image, and likeness, which is Mm -hmm. about a year old now. So how does that play in the mix with what you, or how do you advise athletes? What are you seeing from this, the Neil deals and how is it affecting sports in your opinion? Yeah, I think the biggest thing is it's just when it first started, the biggest misconception, like now it's starting to get a little crazy. I'll be honest with you. I didn't think it would get this crazy with Mm -hmm. the kids transferring and you hear the deals like if i don't get this much money in my nil deal i'm leaving because i was a big proponent of it when it first started people were like oh they're just gonna give athletes money and i'm like no they're not like they mm-hmm. those guys gotta do taxes they gotta create an llc they gotta do so much stuff like because they won't play like you could lose eligibility right you know or you can go to jail was, later for tax evasion there's no doubt there's no doubt yeah i was gonna go to draft night and i got arrested you know 
Um, so uh, for me, it's like, it was really good. Cause it's like, man, like literally I'm on a call and I was on there, it was some OGs in the game. And so I didn't want to interrupt, but they're like, man, they need to teach these kids how to create a business, how to do budgeting, how to do all this. I'm like, if you do it right, that's literally what NIL is. Like that's mm-hmm. literally what it is. Um, I think it's the players, like they honestly, my experience, they don't, it's, it's not that big to them as, as people think it to me, this is what I look like. If I'm in a locker room, right. And so-and-so is better than me. He's going to play more and I'm going to play same deal in IL. If he has a better presence on social media, or if he's making more plays than me, he's going to get more money than I get. So people are like, Oh, it's going to be a locker room problem. I really don't think it's a locker room problem because it's just like playing time to me. That way I see it. Whoever's good at whatever gets it because I've seen players who don't play get it and then the players who do play are like man it's like well he's good at he's he has a great personality he's good at social media whatever it may be um the biggest thing that I, I saw that was learning like when I was uh, at Baylor's past year looking at some of those contracts that they're writing man some of these contracts these companies are trying to at the end of the day I tell players they're still businesses man they don't care right you know I saw and they do they work with contracts daily where daily. this kid yeah. is sitting down looking at his first contract I know when I read my first contract First thing I did was flip to how much are you going to pay me? And then I started reading the rest of the, the verbiage, which half of it you don't understand. Right. And, you know, do these kids have access to a lawyer to review the contracts with them? Or is it right. just, hey, you want to give me something? What do I sign? You know? Yeah, that's what I'm with you. First, I'm looking at that. Now I start, I'm at a point right now, especially, you know, like I kind of talked about like my, when I was terminated, what I've called, so I'm currently a free agent. Mm-hmm. I read that that termination paper. Like, it was no tomorrow. And I was making yeah. adjustments like, nah, mm-hmm. I'm not trying to hear this, you know? Sure. And so sure. like these players, so like, for instance, compliance did a great job because um, some of these companies will literally say like, hey, okay, if you get drafted, this contract re-ups without us going over it. Wow. So the guy's like, oh, I'm going to get $2,000. <laughs> but they're like, look, if he gets drafted, we, he might, we'll give him another $2,000. We don't care about this, right? Mm-hmm. Or like one, one company had, we'll use your image for the rest of your life. And it's like, you know, it's just like these guys, once again, like, oh man, I'm getting an extra hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. I think the average, the average over the country is like two, three hundred dollars, which is still good. Still a student athlete, you know, even if I was a student, I took, I would take an extra three hundred dollars. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> you know, I take an extra three hundred dollars right now. I'm a grown man. So, right. <laughs> you know, um, so it, it, it's, it can be good. I think it's, the, the thing is the NCAA has to put like that if it's the wild wild west and yeah. people can get mad and do whatever they want the kids are gonna do what they i don't i don't i don't mind it for the kids like it's mm-hmm. coaches getting paid and people are like hey coach man these kids are transferring going to portal because nil coaches are leaving schools because of the money too well you can pay me what i'm gone you know and it's the same thing and it's just like until you honestly get a a, a, a rain on both of them it's, it's it could get worse and get ugly but honestly overall i love it because Man, you know, I don't have to sit here and give a dissertation on how much money athletics makes off these players. Now, these players sure. did sign up, and I get it. I get that. I get that. But it's the the discrepancy of like, I mean, nothing changed. I remember when Connecticut won that basketball game, mm-hmm. and that point guard said, "This is awesome," but I I don't know what I'm gonna eat tonight. Like, I can't. If somebody wanted to give me a box of pizza, I'm ineligible. And they changed that rule in the NCAA where guys can get all handheld, as much handheld food as possible. Mm-hmm. But it's stuff like that. You think about that. This dude just won a national championship for his, right. his UConn is about to get new students, mm-hmm. a new facility, all this. We talking about millions of dollars of in, in, in advertisement and the, the kid can't eat a pizza. I'm about to go yeah. win. I'm a national champion. Champion I'm about to go to sleep on an empty stomach. So I'm all for them getting cake. I hear you. I hear you. All right. So um, time out with the sports doctor. This is your final timeout. So you get to interact with athletes, 
you know, throughout the year and you get to advise them and you get to see them come in, like you mentioned, as an 18-year-old kid and mature to a 22, 23-year-old man when they graduate and go on to their careers, whether it's on the field or off the field. So what do you, what advice do you give a young athlete, you know, maybe someone who's finished their career, they've gone to the NFL, they've had two, three, 10 years, whatever it may be, or they're graduating and trying to figure out the rest of their life. Just what advice do you give them about where to start to find, you know, find yourself and find your passion for life? I think don't forsake your childhood. Don't forsake your childhood passions. There's a reason whatever it was you were passionate about, you were passionate about. Like for mm -hmm. me, I liked writing. I liked writing. I just could write. And that's why I didn't want a journal because I knew I couldn't stop. And, you know, and now it's helped me. And, you know, I just think sometimes, especially in football, they get uh, like, let's say somebody likes nature, somebody likes drawing, somebody likes art. It gets pulled away, you know, like, hey, you got to be tough. You got to focus on football mm -hmm. because your passions are where you're comfortable. Your childhood, you know, passions, this is where you were comfortable. This is where you saw your best potential in whatever it was. And so I say, look for that even in a career. Like uh, there's a lot of stuff I'm doing now, like as like this five months that I've been without, you know, a position has really helped me look back at myself and who I am, you know, and like, it's been great. Um, but I always say that, like, follow your passions because you want to make sure you don't want it to feel like work. You don't want to, oh man, I gotta get up. Like, you know, like I'm pretty sure you love what you're doing. And you probably, at some young age, you, you started thinking about like scalpels and, you know, mm -hmm. all this and, you know, whatever it may be. And so uh, I would say follow the passions. And another thing I tell athletes all the time, is when you meet people, stop the conversation. And what I mean by that is stop the sports conversation. The first time they take a deep breath, stop the conversation. So hmm. like, hey, man, you had a great game. You had a great game, man. Hey, how are you? What position did you get? How did you get to where you are? Like, when did you graduate? What was your I favorite like thing about the campus? What? So I always tell them to flip it, right? Sure, and I heard something sure. really good from an athlete. This athlete told said this at a conference. I had to write it down. He said, whenever I sign an autograph, I ask for a business card of the parent. Nice. So if I sign little Timmy, little Timmy, hey, <laughs> hey, sir, can I get your business card? Yeah. And he's like, I, I call him and I connect with him and, you know, whatever it may be. So I always tell him, like, get as much of, help people, like, go, first of all, go back to who you are, you know, and then help people see that you are just like them. That's so, excellent, so man. That's excellent because it's really what you're saying is leverage what you have because everybody wants a piece of an athlete, right? I want your autograph, I want a picture. Can you sign this? Can you do this? But in two years, when you're walking down the street or you're knock, knock, can I work for you? People forget, or you know, they wanna cheer for you on Saturday, but as soon as you get in trouble on Monday, it's, you know, get them out of here, you know? Yeah. So yeah. you gotta be careful, number one, and know who really has your back. and. That's an excellent challenge. Hey, I can sign this. I, sure, I can take a, a a picture with Junior, but yep. you know, can I call you on Monday and we discuss Absolutely. finances? Can we talk about being a banker? Can we talk about life outside of sports? Right. Can I, I come up to your office for thirty minutes right. and spend time with you and not you take know, pictures? <laughs> right. Like straight up. Like you know. And I think the other thing. This is what I tell people. I tell our players. People are more willing to help you when you're associated with something that they're passionate about. You know, and I'll say that again. People are more willing to help you when you're associated with something they're passionate about. 
the players see me. Coach, how did you get that connection? Man, look, that person loves this university. I work at this university right now. So mm -hmm. we are connected. I might not work at this university forever, but this person loves it. And whatever little information I'm giving them that they're going to get anyway, I'm using it for my advantage, for my kids, for my wife, for, you know, whatever it may be. And so I'm like, look, y'all, this is, because like you said, man, like, it's incredible to see, like, there's people like, man, you, Tim Tebow, if he walks on the University of Florida campus, there's a lot of people that's going to know who he is. There's a oh, lot right. of people who are not going to know who he is, you know? Yeah. And it's just like, man, like, that, he, when he was playing, what? Mm -hmm. What? You know, so it's like, take advantage of everything on that campus. Absolutely. Absolutely. Hey, well, thank you for coming on the show. Thank you for the wealth of knowledge that you brought me, you know, so I can help other athletes as well as my community and followers. Uh, so I really appreciate it. And, you know, that work that you're doing is meaningful and there's such a need for it on so many, you know, platforms across college sports. So I know you've been in Power Five, but HBCUs need you. Yeah. Um, Division Two needs you. Division Three needs you. So I think your work is endless. And I think that you're in the place where you are right now so that you can kind of go into that dark place and program and you know, to get ready for whatever God's about to bless you with. So, you know, I'm really proud to have you on and thanks for this information. I appreciate you. I appreciate you. Thank you for having me on, Doc. Absolutely. Thank you for continuing to support this podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, then please leave a five-star review. And if you haven't done so, subscribe so you continue to get the updated episodes. Until later, peace.